It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The L.A. Clippers won their first two games of the season, lost the next four, and now have rattled off three straight as they do a little Texas two-step on the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs. How did they do it? Was Paul George the best player on the floor like we've been asking him for, asking him to be? And if it's a Zubats, the best shot blocker in basketball? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. Let's get it. Don Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, where you can make your daily fantasy entries against the Prize Picks projections. My name is Darian Viziri. I'm in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And of course, to subscribe to my own personal YouTube channel where I talk LA sports and more. Known as Dime Dropper on YouTube, just Dime Dropper. And of course, subscribe to today's Locked uh, I'm sorry, subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube and answer today's pin question, and that is, is Ivica Zubats, has Ivica Zubats been the best player on the Clippers this season? I want to just hear it from you, because we're going to be talking about him, but we're also going to be talking about the main man, Paul George. I said it before the road trip began, it's only been a two-game road trip, but I said, in these games that Kawhi Leonard does not play, and of course Kawhi Leonard was out for his sixth consecutive game on Friday night against the Spurs in San Antonio, and also Robert Covington was out with health and safety protocols yet again. But I did always say when Paul George plays these games without Kawhi Leonard, he needs to be the Clipper, the best player on the floor. Not just the best player on the Clippers. He needs to be the best player on the floor. And again, he was on Friday night against the Spurs. And every single time Paul George has been the clear-cut best player on the floor, the Clippers have won. Against Sacramento he was. And these last three games he was as well. And the Clippers now move on to 5-4 and four with a tough win against the Spurs. A very solid Spurs team to start the season that was expected to tank, but they've been playing really well. They have two wins against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are expected to finish higher than them. But the Clippers beat them 113-106 at the AT&T Center. I believe it's still called that, but I may have to check. However, it used to be called the AT&T Center, so we're going to ride with it for now. Clippers get a big win, and mind you, they led in this game by as many as 17, the Clippers, but they also trailed by as many as 12. I'm sorry, 10. So the fact that they actually had to come from behind in the third quarter and it was a little bit, showed a little bit of resilience, that was big time. And you know, Paul George set the tone again right away. I've talked about how important these starts are for the Clippers. They've got off to really bad starts in three of their losses, two of them against Oklahoma City and then one against Phoenix. And in this game, again, they started out 
strong. And that was because of the defensive intensity. Again, it's really all about that attention to detail. You know, I've actually been watching a couple of Warriors games recently, and they've been really struggling to defend. And a couple games, at least one of their losses I watched against the Charlotte Hornets, they came out and totally underestimated them and defensively were a little bit lazy. And after that, you had guys like Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, just getting really, really hot. So what I always say against these younger teams that you're supposed to beat, if you come out lazy on defense and you let them get a couple open shots, then you are prone to, or you are making it a possibility for a player that doesn't usually go crazy to end up going crazy because these are talented NBA players. You give them a couple of easy buckets, all of a sudden they can turn into Ray Allen. And the Clippers did a good job of not doing that in this game, even though there was a player that ended up turning into Ray Allen. <laughs> We're going to talk about that as we continue. But the defensive intensity was good. You know, everyone's going to switch in that starting lineup for the most part, except for when Zubats gets put in the pick and roll. Zubats has been phenomenal in drop coverage this season. And again, he was incredible. You know, one thing about Zub is people really criticized his foot speed at times in previous years. But he's not only improved on that, the way he's been playing two guys at once, like when the ball handler comes off the screen, the way he's kind of stunted at him and then recovered to his man, it has been so sublime, like literally on some Anthony Davis level kind of stuff right now. Like he's really playing with that kind of positional awareness and his recovery speed is improved. He has been, to me, the Clippers' best player this season. It's been unbelievable the way he has played. But Paul George had seven points in the first quarter, and I always say he needs to set the tone for the Clips. And he started out with a transition layup, and then he hit a three in transition, and then I think he hit a jump shot after that to have seven points in the first. And the Clippers went on a 23-2 run from the nine-minute mark to the four-minute mark of the first quarter. Huge run, and that was mainly Paul George, but also good amount of Ivica Zubats on defense. He also hit a nice jump hook in that in that run over Yaka Pertl. And Marcus Morris Sr. started off by hitting two shots in the first quarter as well. But somebody who I thought maybe was going to have a really good game, and he ended up having a decent game, I'd say one of his better games this season for the Clippers, was Reggie Jackson. He knocked down his first three shots. The first was a layup in transit. I'm sorry, not in transition. The first one was a nice drive to the basket, a little bank shot, push shot. And then he hit a three on a catch and shoot from Paul George getting double teamed at guess what part of the court? The elbow. And, you know, even though Paul George played really well, I still want to see him go to that elbow, that mid-post more because, as I've said, for so many reasons, it's easier for him there and he's unstoppable there instead of all the dancing at the top that can waste a lot more energy. But Paul George was playing amazing no matter where he was catching the ball in this game. And on that play, he got double-teamed from that elbow, found Reggie Jackson for an open three, then Reggie Jackson scored in a fast break and had seven points right then and there. I was thinking to myself, yo, Reggie could have a huge night. Maybe that'll just get us to cruise. It wasn't that simple, though, as you'd expect. And again, you know, when the second unit came in and Zubats came out of the game, what's going to happen with that small ball lineup? You know, it was Nicholas Batum, Terrence Mann. You got a little bit of Amir Coffey and obviously John Wall, Norman Powell. And again, it wasn't great. You know, the first play of the game, or sorry, should I say the first play of play after Zubats came out of the game, Zach Collins went right at Nicholas Batum and went to the basket and scored. And they started creeping up on that Clipper lead, you know, kind of chipping away at that lead. 
and they cut it down to 10 after the first quarter, which, funny enough, was exactly the way the Houston Rockets game went. Clippers were up by 18 in the first quarter, and then they cut it down to 10 after one. So Clippers led by one, 28 to 18. I'm sorry, Clippers led by 10 after one, 28 to 18. And I like the 18 number because it shows that the Clippers' defense is sharp. The starting lineup, by the way, for the San Antonio Spurs, you might not have even heard of some of these guys. I mean, Jakob Pertl's been in the league for a couple years now. You got Keldon Johnson, who's supposed to be their best player. He's, I believe, in his third season. And then you have, and by the way, Keldon Johnson's averaging 23 points per game. So yeah, actually no, Keldon Johnson's in his fourth season right now. And then you had Trey Jones from Duke, who is in his third season. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he played with Zion and uh, R.J. Barrett uh, at Duke. And then you had a rookie, Jeremy Soshan, 6'8", out of Baylor. This was his first year in the league. He was a ninth pick in the draft. He's actually played pretty well this season. I watched him play against the Timberwolves. But he was not hitting his threes, and the Clippers were letting him shoot those threes. He was 0 for 4 from deep. But off the bench, Doug McDermott went baseline on John Wall twice in that first quarter. I think it was one in the first quarter, one early in the second quarter. But the, the Spurs really chipped away at it. And again, it's that second unit. Needed to offer a little more defensive resistance. Terrence Mann shot three threes. All of them were good looks. Missed all three. Got an offensive foul. And Tyloo pulled him out of the game and we never saw him again. Um, that sucks just for his confidence. But I had no problem with Terrence Mann taking any of those shots at all. I just hope that it's not like... I'm very Team Terrence Mann. Like, if you haven't noticed by now, I'm very Team Terrence Mann because I always think he's going to do something great. He's got the knack for the big occasion, and he's a great defender, and I just love his en energy and effort. But it wasn't the T Terrence Mann game, and Ty Lue went with that. But the Spurs chipped away at it. They outscored the Clippers 40-26 to in the second quarter, and the Clippers were just shooting too many threes in that second quarter. They started the quarter 0-6 for from the field. You know, John Wall missed two open mid-ranges when... The Spurs went underneath the screen. And then Ty Lue was like not even trying to roll with that small ball unit much. He put Zubats back in at the 10-minute mark of the second quarter. But the Spurs had already gained momentum. And somebody who, as I mentioned earlier, was playing like Ray Allen, was playing like, I don't even think, you know, we're talking Sonics Ray Allen at this point, was Devin Vassell, who's in his second season. My God, this guy was hitting every single shot you could think of. He, actually, you know, in his third season, my God, these years are just flying by. But he was the 11th pick out of Florida State in 2020. And he was hitting such tough shots. He hit a turnaround over his right shoulder against Terrence Mann. And he was Terrence was draped all over him. He was hitting threes. He was playmaking and pick and roll. He came off the bench because he had missed the last four games. But my goodness, was he ridiculous. He played 25 minutes and had 29 points on 12 for 16 shooting and 4 for 5 from deep. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. The reason the Clippers won the game was when he came out of the game because he's clearly on a minutes restriction. He came out for the last nine minutes of the game. And I'm pretty sure when he came out, the Clippers were still losing. And then all of a sudden, the Spurs just couldn't score anymore. It was hilarious. I was, I was praying for him to go out of the game. I was like, when is this guy going to come out? That's when the Clippers got to make their run. So... Shout out to Devin Massell because he had me treating him like talking about him like he was Kobe right here. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going to look it up right now. Devin Vassell came out of the game at the – geez, I don't even see it. Oh, at the 8.52 mark of the fourth quarter, the Spurs were up 94-91 and the Clippers rode it home from there. I thought that, you know – 
The second quarter wasn't great. The Spurs really closed it out well, and they led at the break. But Paul George, later in that third quarter, just like we saw in Houston, really calmed things down. He got to the rim. He was getting by anybody who was guarding him, and I loved how aggressive he was going to the basket. Love it. And hitting his jump shots, he was cooking. He had 15 points in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, he and John Wall ran some pick-and-rolls to perfection with John Wall as the screener, and because Paul George was garnering so much attention coming off those screens and attracting two defenders, it was putting the Spurs in rotation, and John Wall being in that short roll, obviously he's a point guard, so he can make four-on-three reads all day long, and was finding open guys. He found Reggie Jackson in the corner for a game-tying three to tie the game at 96, and then the Clippers took the lead with a nice same exact thing Paul George John Wall pick and roll he lobbed it up to Zubats and I just think Paul George's ability to draw two defenders and just being aggressive all night is what opened the game up for the Clippers so even though John Wall and Ivica Zubats had incredible performances and I'm going to be talking about them coming up Paul George again was the main man and when he's the main man the Clippers are good the Clippers outscored the Spurs 31 to 20 in the fourth quarter to come up with the win 113 to 106 Paul George with 32 points six assists on 11 for 16 shooting I still wish he would shoot more four for six from deep and for the first time this season the Clippers finally shoot over 41 percent from three hallelujah 15 for 33 as a team 45 and a half percent that's Clippers basketball baby that's a W baby but coming up we're gonna be talking about Ivica Zubats he's leading the league in blocks now I'm gonna talk about why he's doing that and why John Wall was so important to the Clippers win coming up Tonight, I'm taking Kevin Durant to score over 30 points, Trey Young to have over 10 assists, and Giannis Antetokounmpo to have over 15 rebounds. And where I'm doing that is prize picks. It's a daily fantasy entry app, not a sports gambling app. You can, it's just, here's how it works. You pick two through two to five players and predict if they will score more or less than the prize picks projection. Coming up to 10 times your money on any entry, and as I said, it's not competing against other people, just you and the projections available. And it's also available for any sport you watch. It could be MLB, it could be NFL, NBA, soccer, you got the World Cup coming up. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. It's safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on in all caps. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit matchup to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, 
Let's get right into Ivica Zubac. I mean, this guy has just been an absolute constellation this season. The way he has defended on the interior, especially with the Clippers not having another big man, has been nothing short of just anchoring the team. I mean, I've been saying it. Whoever the Clippers massage therapist is needs to be putting in 24-7 work on Ivica Zubac's back for carrying this freaking interior defense the way he has all season. I mean, this guy, not only has he played in every single game, he's just been awesome in almost every single game. In this one, 17 points, 15 rebounds, four blocks, three of those coming in the first quarter, and was 8 for 10 from the field, 80%. And he played 36 minutes. So again, when Ivica Zubac plays over 30 minutes, He's a double-double machine. And guess what? He's averaging 29.6 minutes this year, which can round up to 30. And he's averaging 10 points, 11.6 rebounds. And the best stat of them all, he is tied now after last night. He is tied with Brooke Lopez for the most blocks in the league. 2.8. Yes, more than Rudy Gobert. Ivica Zubats is proving all the doubters wrong who said the Clippers don't need him anymore. He's a slow-footed big. He can't move out there. He has been amazing. And every single year, he's made strides. And this season, the biggest one is just his positional awareness, the way he's kind of playing two guys at once in that drop coverage, staying connected to the roller, and also showing on the ball handler and just timing things so well. He's been awesome. He finished around the rim strong in this game. It's just been amazing to watch him play. And that huge dunk he had, he had a couple of dunks in the fourth quarter, but that one where Paul George and John Wall were running pick and pop or pick and rolls, and John Wall was getting the ball in that short roll, making four on three reads, that no-look pass he had to Zubats on the dunk was just beautiful. And I remember when I saw that, I just felt like the Clippers were going to take it home. And, I mean, I, I should mention John Wall because even though he kind of started out a little slow with those missed jumpers, he really grew into the game. And in the th- in the fourth quarter, when the Clippers, you know, the Clippers were down by a decent amount, you know, heading into the fourth quarter. They were actually down 82 to 86, so only a four-point game. I'm exaggerating. But they were down by as many as seven in that fourth quarter because Vassell was making every single shot in pick and roll. Like, he was hitting step backs. He was in threes. He was starting to draw two defenders and make plays. So when he came out of the game, I was so excited. John Wall was getting to the basket and just at will really I love how much pace he brings to the table getting to the basket causing the defense to collapse he oftentimes even on a half court set can just catch the defense off guard change direction one thing I love that he does is when a guy's he's looking like he's gonna come off a screen he'll take that right hand and just go shift it right to left crossover reject the screen and get downhill it's a really nice move and he sells it really well and John Wall's so strong too he gets to the basket takes contact and finishes and was really making some good plays in that early fourth quarter to get the Clippers back in the lead and of course as I said when he started screening for Paul George he made two amazing reads in the short roll one was Reggie Jackson on an open three that tied the game and mind you after Reggie Jackson had made his first three shots He only scored two points in the second and third quarter. Marcus Morris, who hit two shots in the first quarter, was two for nine at one point and then made the big shots that counted. He hit two threes in that fourth quarter, Marcus Morris, late. That gave the Clippers the cushion that they needed to go home free. And he did the same thing against Houston, too. He made that three on the right wing to put the Clippers up 12 and kind of hit that dagger. And in this game, it was no different. You know, he made his first three at the five-minute mark to put the Clippers up 104-99. to And then, 
I'm sorry, that was the second one. I'm tripping. He only made one three in the fourth quarter. Okay, felt like he made two. But Marcus Morris did make a big three to put the Clippers up 104 to 99. And they didn't look back from there. Paul George hit a three to put the Clippers up 111 to 100 at the 311 mark of the fourth. And that was all she wrote. Uh, if it's a Zubats, by the way, his monster dunk on the Paul George pick and roll in the fourth quarter as well, where he dunked over seemingly the whole defense, was just beautiful. Again, it's just Paul George, John Wall, if it's a Zubats, the three stars for me in this game. You know, Paul George, as I said, leading by example, everything flows off of him. And I also thought his defense was much better too. He had a really nice steal in the fourth quarter too. Got to the basket, finished. Um, it was beautiful. Ivica Zubac, as I said, 15, 17 points and 15 boards, just doing his thing. And John Wall, 15 points, three rebounds, six assists, and the fa my favorite stat of them all, zero turnovers. As a team, though, the Clippers still turned the ball over 16 times. Five of those were from Paul George himself. So again, we can really do without those. But ultimately, the Clippers got the win, and that's what matters. John Wall really changed things. And by the way, another huge thing. Finally, he got over 25 minutes, 27 minutes for John Wall, 37 for Reggie. And Reggie, by the way, was in for a while. But it's all good because the Clippers got the win and John Wall was a huge reason why they did. 113 to 106, the Clippers. Going to be talking about the others and th certain things I noticed coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so obviously I talked about Terrence Mann, didn't really get that many minutes. Um, but Norman Powell, you know, somebody who's been really on and off this season for the Clippers, but he started to come alive lately. I thought he had a really solid game, and there was a stretch of the game where when Zubats came out in the second half, Clippers went to their small ball lineup, right? But they went with Reggie Jackson and John Wall together, and I just think that's a complete no-no. I don't like seeing Reggie Jackson and John Wall on the floor together, period. But I especially don't like seeing it when there's no Ivica Zubats and obviously no Kawhi. So that small ball lineup takes a huge hit. So when Nico Batum is out there with like Amir Coffey and Paul George or Marcus Morris, and you have those two in the backcourt, I don't like it. And there were times where the defense had to overcompensate because they Reggie was switch they were Clippers are switching everything and Reggie's being guard uh, is guarding Zach Collins, you know who's their biggest guy and it was causing double teams and leaving shooters open and that was just making me nervous and you know the Spurs still shot decently from three they shot thirty nine percent on twelve for thirty one shooting but one thing that was stuck out to me about San Antonio they didn't shoot free throws well they were ten for eighteen from the line Clippers were fourteen for nineteen so a little better there. But Norman Powell, I thought he was solid. You know, five for eight from the field. So very efficient. Two for three from deep. He had 13 points and seven rebounds. And he had some nice shots in that second quarter when nobody was really scoring for the Clippers. But I thought that he should have played more instead of Reggie Jackson in that second half. I felt like Reggie was in forever. And I was getting a little nervous about it. But overall, again, as I'm gonna as I said, Clippers won the game. So 
It's not a huge deal. However, I do want to see Ty Lue be a little stricter on Reggie. I mean, God, sometimes he can just really play him too long. But that was um, basically it. I mean, I'm looking around at, at the box score. Oh, Nico Batum. I want to mention him as well. You know, I think he didn't do great in that first unit. But as the game went on, I think he did a lot of great things. He had multiple deflections that caused for turnovers. And one thing Nico has a habit of doing is he'll, like, hang around in the backcourt on defense guarding sometimes. And he'll cause, like, a steal or, like, a, a, a turnover on the inbounds. It's hilarious. Like, they don't expect him. And he'll come out of nowhere and use his long arms to, like, poke away an inbounds pass, a lazily thrown inbounds pass. And he did that again in this game. And also got a block. He just has very active hands. So overall, even though you can't tell by the box score, because the box score says one for three, and all of his shots were threes, three points on minus 10, I actually think Nico did some really good things out there. And the Clippers went 10 deep, but really only nine deep because Terrence only got three minutes. But Luke Kennard, I also want to say, that was a big loss. You know, they said that he's okay, but he was feeling a little discomfort in his chest, they said. So he only played nine minutes. He made the first basket of the game for the Clips, but we didn't see him for the rest of the game, and that's part of why Reggie Jackson played so much. The only thing I'd say is I wish Norman Powell, when he's actually playing well, would play more than Reggie Jackson or at least a closer minute disparity. I mean, 37 minutes for Reggie to 23 to Norman. I think it should be closer when Norman is shooting that well, and Reggie's gone cold, but I digress. Marcus Morris, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. 4 for 12 from the field, so a rare inefficient night for him so far this season. But 3 for 6 from deep and made the shots that counted. As I said, Clippers outscored the Spurs 31-20 to in the fourth quarter. That was big. Reggie Jackson, 14 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Again, not too many turnovers, only 2 for him. He was plus 7 in his minutes and was 5 for 11 from the field and 2 for 4 from deep. So at least he shot efficiently. The Clippers needed a good game from Reggie. And the Clippers shot efficiently as a team. I mean, 52.5% from the field, 45.5% from three. They also won the rebounding battle, 44-35, to and had 26 assists to the Spurs, 23. And the Spurs have been sharing the ball really well so far this season. But yeah, when Devin Vassell came out of the game, Clippers just kind of took over because the Spurs' offense just wasn't as good anymore. And I do have to give the Clippers' defense credit. They did clamp down that second in that last seven minutes of the game. And you got to give credit to Paul George. Got to give credit to Marcus Morris, whose defense continues to be much improved from last season. There was even a time right before Vassell came out of the game where he made a risky pass, Vassell, in the pick and roll. And Marcus Morris Sr. came in from the weak side and rotated and got a steal. And that's just big defensive awareness from Marcus Morris, just being so much more alert on that end this season. And he's really showing it. So the Clippers with three wins in a row. I'm feeling really good, guys. The Sunday game against Utah will not be easy. They've been playing really, really well so far this season. Just beat the Lakers last night at Staples Center as well. But they've been playing a lot better at home. And the Clippers have some momentum going for them. The big question, will Kawhi Leonard play? Will Robert Covington play? I do not know, but I'd assume that Kawhi's not going to play, and I think the Clippers should still get a win, which would make the, make it four in a row and six and four through 10 games, which is over 500, and I saw a stat that no team that's won the championship has finished under 500 through 10 games. Now, I wonder how many have finished five and five. Maybe I'll look it up, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Let me know on today's Pin question. Has Ivica Zubats been the best player on the Clippers so far this season? Because I would vote for him right now, even though Paul George is starting to creep up, which I love to see. Let me know. Make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think of it. And 
Yeah, as always, the age-old proverb, go Clippers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at DimeDropperPod. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, because I'll be going live to talk about the Clipper game later and also the Laker game against the Jazz. Probably around 5 or 6 Pacific time today. So check me out. I'll see anybody at the game on Sunday. If you're going to the game, let me know. I'll hope to meet you up or meet up with you at the game. You can find me in, on Twitter and Instagram, at DimeDropperPod, as I said. As I close with the age-old proverb, go Clippers! And remember, thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.